0: We lead the charge, I'm sorry. There's great career opportunities in construction, whether
1: you're in the field or in the office. I am pumped. <laughs> I love this.
0: Hello, and welcome to The Work Zone. I'm Riley.
1: I'm Kelsey. Happy November.
0: Happy November. It's, the weather's getting cold. The rain's finally back. Yeah. And uh, luckily, none of my jobs have flooded, which is great.
1: Yes, that's good. Yeah. And we just got our extra hour of sleep a couple of days ago yep. when we're recording this.
0: That was really nice. It was very nice. Yeah. So I lost power through that whole weekend, which was a bummer. The but whole time? Yeah. The whole time. Yeah. Cool. But it is what it is. Yeah. I'm excited to be here uh, doing this podcast recording because we have a really special guest. Uh, it's something that I think we're all really passionate about, um, and that is uh, charity and supporting our community.
1: Yeah. Mary's Place. Yeah. Our holiday gift drive. And we did this last year and people loved it. And so this year we are doing it again and it just started. So we wanted to have Mary's Place on to learn more about the organization and just better understand where the gifts go, what happens after it.
0: Yeah, yeah. especially since a lot of our listeners are employees of Northwest, um, but a lot of, uh, I would say a lot of our Uh, listeners are compassionate caring people that want to help the community
1: oh yeah yeah everyone was loving the holiday drive last year and was so excited to buy kid gifts because you know some people without kids are like this is my time to buy all the kids (laughs) gifts yeah (laughs) and so it's just a really fun time to give back totally so we're gonna be talking with katrina from mary's place and we're so excited to have her excellent Thank you for joining us, Katrina.
2: Yeah, thank you so much, Kelsey and Riley. It's so good to be here.
1: We're yeah. excited to have you.
0: Yeah, and and it's such a, such a great time because this means the holidays are coming. It
2: holidays does. are coming. Yeah.
1: So we just put up our Christmas drive tree or holiday drive tree rather, and all of the gifts will go to Mary's Place. And so we wanted to meet with Katrina to learn more about Mary's Place and just pick her brain about the organization and so we know where the gifts are going to.
2: Yeah, and uh, as you heard, my name is Katrina Scarlett um, and I work for Mary's Place. Um, I work on the development team and really what that means is I get to, um, I have the great opportunity of being able to come out and do things like this, meet with different individuals and groups, share more about the work that Mary's Place does and connect with folks to see um, how they want to engage in that work.
1: We're excited. First, let's just learn a little bit more about you. If you wanna introduce yourself and
2: just your job and what you do. Sure, yeah. So um, I uh, have been with Mary's Place for about five years um, and it's been a really great experience for me. I've done uh, several different roles there and currently within the development team, I work um, pretty exclusively with individuals and small groups, um, congregations, organizations, Um, To to kind of figure out how they want to stay or become involved in Mary's Place, whether that's fundraising with um, actual monetary gifts um, or in-kind donations as we are fully um, stocked and always need to be in stocked with all sorts of different um, uh, essential items across all of our shelters. Um, And also just raising awareness about what we do, um, why we believe the work is important and um, essentially, specifically for Mary's Place, working with families who are experiencing homelessness, how we go about solving that crisis.
0: So Mary's Place comes on my radar during the holidays because we have the the tree here and and that's when we really get involved. But but Mary's Place is a a year-round thing um, that supports families um, through all the seasons, correct? Correct. Yeah.
1: So for someone that doesn't know anything about Mary's Place, can you give us a description or overview of what the organization is and what all they do?
2: Definitely. So a Mary's Place, um, really we envision a community where everyone has access to safety, stability, and housing. And we try to achieve this um, by ensuring that no child is sleeping outside um, by an um, centering equity and opportunity for women and families. So what that really means and what that looks like is that we currently provide family shelters throughout King County. um, And we have a Women's Day Center that's in downtown Seattle that serves about over 100 women every day as well. Um, and we have a lot of different wraparound services that include um, support with employment, um, finding housing, healthcare coordination, as well as outreach services where we have teams that go out in the community to connect with different families, um, and prevention teams where we're aiming to help keep families in their homes and not fall into homelessness to begin with. So it's really a pretty large population that we're working with. Um, Unfortunately, we have only seen the need grow Um, Over the past several years, we keep aiming, we keep scaling our work up to um, better fit and to see that need, um, to meet that need, um, but it's just still not being met. And so we know there's a lot more work to be done, especially after the pandemic, eviction moratoriums have ended, Um, families are still facing a lot of economic issues. I think we all know, right, with the growing costs of housing, inflation. Um, it's really really difficult and there are thousands of families right now throughout king county who are at risk of losing their homes so we're really aiming to adapt what our work looks like to best serve um, families their unique barriers and figure out how we can provide those essential basic needs and um and assist families in finding housing
0: well i think i think anyone that's driven the streets in seattle from now to five years ago uh, can definitely identify that it, it, it is a need mm-hmm. and a necessity of what you guys are doing there. So how, how many locations do you guys operate?
2: Yeah, so we currently have five um, family shelters. They are, we refer to them as family centers as they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and these are throughout King County. We have locations in North Shore, downtown Seattle, South Lake Union, um, Bellevue, one over in Bellevue that we just opened up actually um, last year, and then another one in Burien cool and we have just over 700 beds across all those shelters and those are at capacity every single night so um, our intake line um, who is a group of incredible specialists uh, that run the intake line that's actually for the entire county Uh, Mary's Place is the leading provider of shelters for families with over about 85% of all bed space, but we work with other organizations who also have um, beds for families. Our intake line is the one that takes those calls for families who reach out who are in need of shelter and services um, and and puts them in touch with what what we may have available. But since we typically are at capacity, we might not have things available. um, It's a really, really difficult job as they may talk to upwards of 15 to 20 families a day who they have to turn away wow. who are sleeping outside in their cars in a tent um, who we just have to say we don't have space today please call back tomorrow um, so in that way we are continuing to look to scale up to build more space um, but we know that you know shelter really isn't the answer right it's very traumatic to have to lose your home fall into homelessness come in to stay in a in a shelter with a bunch of strangers, right, in a, in a new place. So if we can avoid that to begin with, right, to, to prevent that, to keep families in their homes, that's really what our goal is. And so we're really trying to scale that specific work up as well.
0: So other than the, the housing um, and probably food as well, right, um, what other services are, are you providing to people?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And food is definitely a big one. We have a really robust food services program where we are, have a central kitchen that prepares hot meals for at least two hot meals a day that gets transported across all of our shelters. Um, we ensure that those are culturally appropriate meals as we have, um, families that come from a variety of different backgrounds, religions, and cultures. Um, and so in addition to that, we have some great partners where we work with, um, just food sustainability to make sure that we're not wasting food, that we're um, able to um, use as much as possible and share with other organizations and food banks when we have certain donations. Um, We also just provide basic needs when it comes to um, clothing, Other essentials within shelter, when someone comes in to ensure that they have those needs met, laundry, showers. We have a robust healthcare team that is able to connect with families to get them set up with insurance if they need it or to make changes or figure out what they might need. Coordinating with doctors and hospitals depending on what their needs are. Um, One of our programs, which is the Popsicle Place program is actually specifically for families who have medically fragile children. So, we were seeing this really devastating um, thing where there were families that were going to places like Seattle Children's Hospital and leaving and going to sleep in their car at night. And we recently became aware of this several years ago to start this program because families who had children who might um, be getting different services, whether it's chemotherapy or dialysis, um, they had lost everything, right, in this, in ensuring that they were getting their medical needs of their children met. And so we were able to create this program to really give a more um, intentional, designated space for families to come in and to kind of take a breath, um, get those needs continued to be met, and then move back into housing as needed. So we have different programs like that. Um, Our kids club is a really big one because over half of the guests that we serve are kids under the age of 18. So we ensure that that's run by our incredible youth services team, where they're connected with age-appropriate activities, um, outings, different events throughout the year. Um, really, just trying to reduce as much trauma as possible for the kids, um, add as much normalcy as possible. Because one big thing when you're in shelter, you lose almost all autonomy. You're not really able to make the decisions you want all the time because we things are, you know, and just ha- are run certain ways and kind of set for hundreds of guests in one shelter. Um, yeah. So being able to adapt as much as we can with different kids um, has been really great to foster a sense of community and, and um, really reduce the amount of trauma that a kid's gonna experience that can potentially stay with them um, throughout their life and makes them more at risk of experiencing traumatic events in the future. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I actually have served dinner at Mary's place in the past and last time I was there, All of the kids were getting back from a movie outing that they went on and they all like went on buses together and it was really touching to see just the friendships they have there and the normalcy like you said of just going to the movies and all getting back and with their parents again and i i think that what you guys do is really special
2: yeah that that the establishment of community is is so important and what we really try to foster is there's a lot of like so many kids within shelter, as difficult as a time it is, they form really new and wonderful bonds with friends who are also enduring the same things they are. So being able to share that hardship, um, gives them something really to connect with, to, to move forward with a lot of, a lot of great friendships are, are formed there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many, how many kids, um, or I guess what percentage of the people you serve are our kids
2: yeah so about over at least over 50 percent on any wow. kind of given day so within shelter that would probably look like upwards of three to four hundred kids um and then in addition with our mobile outreach teams they're serving hundreds more too as well as within the prevention means when we're working with families who are housed um so so every of course family is different right but we serve Um, single family households with um, one parent and one to up to, you know, eight kids, Um, families that have two parents, uh, families that have um, multi-generational parents and grandparents, families with pets. So every family looks a little bit different, but what we really try to um, adapt with is whatever your family looks like outside we want to bring you together inside um, because we know that um, so often shelters will separate um, only allowing mothers to come in or mothers and children to come in um, and we want to make sure that everyone's staying together
0: cool yeah that's really important It's really important I like that
1: and so how long has this organization been around and where did it start what did it look like back when it started
2: Yeah, so we have definitely evolved quite a bit. Um, We became officially Mary's Place back in 1999, um, and that was after um, her name was Reverend Jean Kim. She actually just recently passed away, sadly, Um, but she was running a church in um, downtown Seattle, and she was noticing in the 90s, um, late 90s just quite a bit of a pickup of um, single women that were coming in who were most often unhoused, um, perhaps sleeping outside, uh, many struggling with behavioral health issues, who were coming inside really just in search of a place to be, a place to stay that was safe. Um, So while she was offering some services and community that were more um, intentional for them, she really decided she wanted to make something completely for, for these women. So that's when the day center was officially established. Um, and Mary's place actually comes from the church of Mary Magdalene. So they decided on Mary's place as we became, you know, a non-denominational organization. It was actually decide, kind of voted upon with a group of women that were often there. Um, so that's kind of our namesake of Mary's place that still exists today. Um, and so it was really just found as a day center for single women to come in, get ba- basic needs met, laundry, hygiene, um, some services and resources and be really just a a refuge and a community. Um, It wasn't until about 2008, 2009, and when we saw that big recession hit, for the first time, showing up at the Day Center wasn't just adults, it was um, mothers with their children. And there was really nothing at all in the county and the city that was available for services for families because it just wasn't something that had been an issue before. Um, So our current executive director, Marty Hartman, was the um, uh, she ran the day center back then as well. They kind of their team came together and said, well, I guess we need to do something about this. Right. Because something has to be done. Um, So at that point, we started what was called a rotating shelter program. Um, We worked with congregations mostly that were in the community and every week families that would come in need of services and shelter would essentially go and stay at one congregation um, and then go to the next and kind of the next. And that slowly built up um, to finally where we opened our first official um, emergency family shelter, which was, you know, an intentional space for Mary's place for families to come in. And then since there um, we've really just scaled that work up to make sure we have more, more wraparound services, more specialists, more staff, um, and then now, of course, more shelters and, and other programs. So that may be a bit of a long-winded response, sorry, but, no, no, but that's it's that's always, an, always an interesting history.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, your culture and your values is all rooted in your history, right? So, so that's important. So, I mean, um, you know, having um, a, a reverend f- uh, found that, does it, are there still religious ties within um, the organization?
2: Not really specifically within Mary's Place. We definitely have a big, um, within just the kind of congregational community of just different services and support Mm -hmm. who have been supporting us for that long. Um, We do have a kind of dedicated worship time on Saturday at the Day Center, but it's really intended to not be a specific denomination. It's really just um, an invitation for people of all or no faiths to come in um and there is specific space um where they they can be able to express anything um any of their own religious affiliations um so i'd say the community and service aspects of the church definitely have stayed stuck with us and really rings true um, but that we don't we aren't specific um a specific denomination
0: sure
1: yeah so We talked about before we started recording about how busy this time of year gets for the organization can you tell us a little bit of what's going on at this time of year with the organization
2: yeah so um, really right before kind of back to school starts is when we um, typically see a lot more uh, requests for services and a lot of that is just because families um, who have been really trying to deal with Um, living unsheltered are really trying to get and ensure their kids are connected back to schools. Um, And so that's one of the things we're able to offer and families are kind of calling in search of those services. And so we really pick up, especially through the end of the year now, simply too, because it gets to be freezing temperatures, right? Um, When it is Warmer outside, it might be a little bit easier to try to deal with those um, that climate um, to to be able to have a little bit more control over what your space looks like. Um, but as we know too, just this past couple of days, that temperature just took a huge drop, yeah. um, and we're reaching those spaces where it is not only um, hard to sleep outside, but it's life-threatening. And so these are the times too, when we also work with other organizations to make sure that we can we have space, even if it's just emergency space for a couple of nights to bring every family in um, that might call in need of services. Um, so that's one of the, so our shelters are definitely busiest too. It's also a busy time of year because um, we tend to get more outreach with really wonderful groups like yourselves um, who are interested in kind of getting involved, whether it's for the holidays or for other reasons. Um, So there's kind of a big uptake in um, just being able to talk with the community, people interested in donating their money, their time, um, gifts for holiday season, things like that. So needs on both ends.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Pick up. Yeah, definitely needs. And so, uh, you know, our listeners that are that are hearing this, um, they're they're motivated now, right? They're ready to go. Um, What's the best way for individuals or or companies, organizations to uh, get involved and, and help out here?
2: yeah so they there are quite a few different ways to get involved so as much as the need is there it also allows the opportunity for a variety of ways to get involved depending on you know what works for different people um so i know the giving um drive that you all are hosting right now is really wonderful. Um, We uh, um, celebrate in shelter what we refer to as Winterfest um, at the end of the year where every shelter gets to have a big party. Um, Parents can shop for um, their kids. Kids can shop for their parents with a combination of gifts that are collected and um, donated by community groups like y'all um, as well as gift cards that we aim to provide for our parents and for our um, teens so they can do kind of some of their own shopping. Um, so really trying to bring that holiday spirit in our shelters um, during this hard time is really important to us and our families have a, a blast with that. Um, so being able to just provide those things like the, the new items and um, for gifts for little kids and the gift cards is really great and um, Of course, donating uh, just monetary money and gifts at any level have a huge impact. Um, It's just around $35 a night to provide shelter and wraparound services for a child. Um, So depending on what is someone's capacity and interest is, um, Giving monetary gifts are always of huge need to allow us to continue to operate our shelters and our programs. Um, and then we have lots of volunteer opportunities. Um, as Kelsey mentioned, you, we have opportunities where you can come in um, as an individual or as a group to um, serve meals in our diff- one of our shelters. Um, you can come to our donation center and help sort donations so that we're able to distribute those more easily across shelters. We have remote opportunities where you can do things like build a kit Um, building kits for like our baby's best start program so that our moms and their newborns have some of those really essential items that we can hand to them when they get into shelter, Um, welcome home baskets, for example, as well. Um, When a family is able to move into housing, as exciting as that is, um, at that point, they've typically lost almost all of their possessions and are now needing to rebuild. And so in order to make that house feel like a home, being able to provide just some of those really essential things to set up their kitchens and bedrooms um, is really great. Um, and make a home is another kind of spin-off of that as well, where you and your group, if you're looking for a more direct service approach, you can um, come together and get those large furniture pieces, um, whether it's something that's kind of you know, um, like new, something that you have that you no longer need that you're able to, or if it's something that you buy, but you can really help to make a home for families to set up a bedroom or a kitchen or a living room. Um, again, so it really feels more like home. And just as we know, some of those items can just be so costly. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of different different kind of ways, depending on what you're interested in, if you wanna come into shelter, individual or a group, um, or do things more remotely to support.
1: So is all of that on your website? or how to get involved in those? It is.
2: Yeah, just uh, marysplaceseattle.org. Um, we have different tabs you'll find there with um, where you can just kind of go right into our volunteer page um, or find more about our holiday giving, our Make a Home program, um, things like that. And
1: something I'm curious about, so we all gather gifts and um, we send it off to a donation center and I'm very curious, like what happens after that? Where do those gifts go? Um, how do the children receive them? What does that look like?
2: Yeah, it is a busy and bustling um, process. Um, and I will say just a shout out to our incredible donations manager, Hannah Anderson, <laughs> if you're ever listening, um, <laughs> who really runs the, our center. And it gets incredibly busy at this point. And so we essentially start by taking the gifts um, and sorting them by age group. Um, and then kind of sorting them by any kind of duplicate items as well. And from there, we try to be as equitable as possible to figure out, you know, what amount of which age groups and which toys do we want to have to different shelters? Um, Because all of our shelters have different capacity too, right? We have our large shelter in Bellevue that just opened has over 250 beds versus our shelter in North Shore, which has under 50. Um, So just kind of figuring out, how many gifts might be needed, depending on the age uh, ages of the kids who are at each shelter, as well. Um, and then we have our our drivers who um, bring truckloads up um, to set up usually the day before um, what these Winterfest events or our shopping days. And then that all the the uh, shelter staff, the site staff there, our volunteer coordinators um, they all get that set up at the different sites. And basically, um, the parents and the kids are able to go shop kind of at seeing the different gifts at different tables, depending on, you know, if dad is shopping for two kids, one of them is four, one is eight, um, he'll be able to kind of find different toys in those sections with what we have available. Um, And that's one of the reasons too, this year, we are also asking for gift cards, um, kind of pushing a little bit more than we have in years past because um, we've gotten some feedback from families. We've wanted to figure out really what works best. Um, And especially for teens, there's just often not a lot of physical gifts we get that teens are interested in. So if we're able to supply gift cards to them, it's been, it's been much better for them to be able to pick out something for themselves. Um, but yeah, we are always in need for, for new toys for especially those really little kids and are like newborns and babies and toddlers, things like that. Awesome. Yeah. And what does the shopping look like? Like what does, what, how
1: does shopping at these events look different than just normal shopping?
2: Yeah. So it's kind of like, um, within those age groups, the different gifts. So maybe one table will have gifts ages, you know, zero through two and everything will kind of be up there. Um, And we won't, we'll kind of keep it in sections, sectioned off so that the kids can't really see it, but just the parents would have access. So they can kind of walk through, pick the gift out, Um, And it can and usually it's a couple of gifts per kids because we usually get a huge generosity that comes in this time of year. and We get usually enough gifts that um, each kid can get more than one. Um, So parents will go through, they'll get that gift and then we'll have like a wrapping paper section with volunteers. So they'll go take it, they'll go get it wrapped so then they can just bring it back to their room and it's all wrapped and, you know, hidden away in secret um, and then we also, as a part of the kind of winter fest, have little stations like a hot cocoa station or a cookie decorate, decorating station. Um, so, pre- in previous years, we've done this at a really big venue like Seattle Center, we've used before, where it's just a big venue for everybody. But we found that um, families have preferred just having it in shelter because otherwise, having to get your presence at this place and then bring back all your Mm. presence to shelter. Um, if you have five kids, it's a little hard when you've got a giant teddy bear and a train set and all these different things. Um, so we've tried to kind of adapt, um, and every shelter looks a little different kind of depending on what the staff think will work best, but that's typically kind of how the process works.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, I I went through the tree, um, before we sat down here, I was looking at the toys. There's a lot of tech toys, right? And you see the, uh, the trend of, uh, of jobs these days. Right. So I'm going to be sprinkling in some Tonka toys and some Please. excavators cause we got to promote construction somehow. Please. Right. So you'll be getting some, uh, some construction toys from me.
1: I love it. Yeah. And Legos.
2: Legos are huge. Legos.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And they're expensive. They,
0: they are. are. Yeah.
1: So they're I'm always so like,
2: yes, Legos Legos cause they're, they are cheap.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
1: Expensive all right well are there any final things that we didn't touch on about mary's place that you really want people to know about the organization
2: i'd say the only thing too is um i think an easy way to kind of stay up to date and to to help kind of promote the work and the message is um you know uh, going to our website marysplaceseattle.org and subscribing to get our emails with updates um following us on social media. We're on Facebook under Mary's Place. um, And you can also find us like on Instagram. We're we're at Mary's Place Wa, W-A. So just following and sharing, I think, is really important. Um, We know that especially as this crisis gets worse, that um, really a lot of different complex factors that kind of go into um, causes of homelessness. Um, But the biggest one is really just the lack of affordable housing, Um, and that keeps getting worse and worse. Um, And so being able to to fight for more affordable housing um, to sometimes that might be zoning changes, um, ensuring that there is housing set aside that stays at a, a lesser rate um, is just really important. So kind of following what's happening too and being able to support leaders who are um, uh, fighting for that um, and advocating for that is really important. And we, and we also know, again, the, the way that we feel that we really need to head to actually to, um, solve the crisis.
0: Cool.
1: And I actually just thought of one more question. Can kids get involved with supporting the
2: organization? Yeah, so um when it comes to volunteering specifically in shelter, we do ask I think 14 might be the youngest, as long as they're with a guardian, but um, 15 and up are typically able to to come and, and help out on their own. Um, but we've had some incredible and creative um, ideas that kids come up with. We've had, I think just last year, a seven-year-old, um, totally on her own. Not Her parents said it wasn't their idea. Um, for her birthday, she wanted to raise money for Mary's Place. So in lieu of any birthday gifts, she wanted people to, to donate funds to be able to send in. Cool. Um, so we've had fundraisers like that. We've had Girl Scout troops um sell cookies and donate proceeds to mary's place um we've had kids create jewelry and sell it to be able to donate funds as well um doing things like book drives for um specifically we we are always um we always like having new books and shelter um and we say new mostly just because we want to make sure that the themes and characters that are featured are, are are more diverse and have different backgrounds um So we've had kind of kids come together to be able to collect proceeds and buy books and send in. So a lot of different ways. So I always say that, you know, if there's any creativity or interest to just, you know, sky's the limit. um, And however we're able to make that connection, it's really great. I love it.
0: Yeah, that's great. And and in the bio, we can get all these links. um, So check that out after you're done uh, listening to this podcast.
1: Well, thank you so much. It was so great talking with you. And we're excited
2: for the drive this year. Thank you both and yes and thank you all listening. I'm excited to see, see what y'all come up with with these gifts and a uh, happy holidays.
0: Yes, thank you.